Today's episode of the Dodgers Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to episode 37 of the Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott, and with me I have Matt, of course. Hey there, how are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> and uh, we are going to be talking about the Tom Baker episode of Classic Who, uh, Genesis of the Daleks, a classic. Classic um, wonderfulness. Yes. Uh, before we get there, I want to remind everyone that we're from the website GeekShowEntertainment.com, where we like geeky stuff, and occasionally we talk about that stuff on podcasts. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network, and we have new episodes released Monday through Friday. Um, shows that include, other than The Doctor's Companion, uh, Geekin' and Geekin' Extra, which is our normal entertainment news and discussion podcast that I host with Randy McKinney. Queen Witch, a patio book uh, written and read by Nick Jimenez. And Movie Night Geek Show, which is a sort of uh, movie of the week club that I host with... John Pavlich and Nick Jimenez. Um, and then there's also more podcasts on the way, including Geek Show Soundcheck, which will be premiering next week, um, which is a music show that I will be doing monthly with John Pavlich. And uh, our new show, A Couple of Geeks, which should be premiering the same day as this episode. So if you want to check out a uh, new podcast on, uh, on Geek Show Entertainment, uh, it's uh, A Couple of Geeks, and it's about a, a married couple who are geeks, and they talk about... Uh, one particular geeky topic a week. The, their uh, first episode is about zombies. So, Ooh, I love yeah. Zombies. So if you like zombies, uh, you want to listen to a couple of geeks, and it's uh, it's it's a good show. So go uh, check that out. Uh, you can listen to all those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on episodes or articles that we regularly post on the site. And uh, if you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, or even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review because iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to, especially if they're five-star reviews. Just saying. Yeah, those are like uh, the A-plus of reviews. We like those. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, you can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. That's tdc as in the Doctor's Companion. Uh, and thanks to to the, the few people that have been emailing us and letting us know what they think about the new format um, going uh, through the, the uh, new episode hiatuses with me and Matt. So um, if you have any comments about that and let us know how we're doing and, and how you're enjoying the show, uh, email us, tdc at geekshow.us, and let us know. Mm-hmm. We will respond, because that's what we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, it's so... Uh, work. That's what it's <laughs> So, uh, Matt, uh, what's, 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 what's the significance of Genesis of the Daleks, as if there's only one thing? Oh, gosh, well, okay. Genesis of the Daleks is, well, it's probably most famous for the fact that it's the introduction of the creator of the Daleks, um, which is easily the most popular... Doctor Who villain of all time. Let's not even debate that because it's the way it is. Um, because it's uh, the introduction of their creator Davros, 
Um, and Davros was created because uh, Madman Terry Nation uh, wanted to do another Dalek story, and Philip uh, Philip Hinchcliffe, who just took over um, as producer of the show just a few stories earlier with Ark in Space and was coming in to oversee this brand new Doctor named Tom Baker, which we'll get to in a second, uh, wanted, like they were like, I guess we should do a Dalek story, but script editor Robert Holmes, who was an old stalwart uh, writer, going all the way back to, like, you know, the final season of Trout, and so he'd been around for, like, six years at this point. He just got the job as script editor. He was like, well, I want to do something a little bit different. Every Dalek story is the same. And really, they are, like, you watch the first three Doctors' worth of Dalek stories, and they're all kind of pathetic. Um, like, more and more pathetic to the point where, like, Planet of the Daleks is basically the Daleks, but with the third Doctor. Like, it's insane. Um, they wanted to do something a little bit different, so they, so, uh, uh, what's his name? Robert Holmes went to Madman Terry Nation and was like, hey, let's do something a little bit different. Let's explore how the Daleks were created. And that's really where the story comes from. Um, it comes in the middle of the first season of very, very popular Dr. Tom Baker, um, who is, you know, teeth and curls, scarf, giant bohemian-looking thing, like, outfit, and walking around with canine Romana and Sarah Jane, like, seven years, big Tom Baker, whatever. Yeah, I, you know, we, we talked about... Uh, you know Patrick Troughton being known as the cosmic hobo mm-hmm. but and and that's that's definitely an apt description but uh Tom Baker looks like a crazy homeless person who's just like just grabbed a bunch of random clothes and is just wearing them yeah especially um, especially in this like this is still like early in his costume so like he, they're still trying to get the vibe like he's wearing like the red like a like a waist length red coat um, but like later he'll wear like a, a longer coat and stuff. Um, well, he's wearing, he's wearing, he wears like a long coat too, like over that coat. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, it's just tons of layers, like a homeless person. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say that. Like it's very, it's very bohemian. Like, and it's designed to be bohemian and it's very much a reaction against like every doctor in a lot of ways is a reaction against what came before. And it's very much a reaction against John Pertwee's like prim proper like you know smoking jacket frills on his like you know wearing like mm-hmm. the pirate shirt from Seinfeld and stuff uh, <laughs> like the dapper doctor yeah very very dapper very James Bond in its own in his own particular way um but yeah this is really early in um uh Tom Baker's run it comes from really a great era of Tom Baker stories like it's the first the first 3 seasons of Tom Baker are like off the off the charts ridiculously good like this this era is very focused on gothic horror it's a very specific like uh it, not image but like um vision from philip hinchcliffe and robert holmes they're very much in tune with each other and tom baker is still you know he's not lost his mind yet which is good um and you know we got sarah jane and everyone loves sarah jane um yeah, so yeah. that's that's Genesis of the Daleks and where it comes from. I think it's a, as as we'll see, it's a very classic story and in a lot of ways deserving of that sort of mm-hmm. acclaim or whatever. Definitely. All right, so uh, we should probably start getting into commentary. Before we do, I just want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. And uh, this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, uh, Power Girl, A New Beginning by Justin Gray and Jamie Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. This book is available for only eleven fifteen, or 38% off the suggested retail price of $17.99. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping thanks to InStockTrades.com. This episode is coming out on the 31st, so yes, just in time for the last day of our book of the month. And totally uh, go buy it because it's really good. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we'll be, we'll be talking about that on Geekin at some point. So. Sounds good. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into commentary with uh, part one of this uh, six-part episode. Oh, thank, first of all, thank goodness it's only six parts. I never thought I'd ever <laughs> say that. <laughs> I know. I never thought I would be like, wow, this is really short. And I look at the thing at, at the at the timer on my on my DVD player, and it's like two and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh wow, this was just so short. <laughs> Wait until we get to like Castro Valva next week when it's just like you know four episodes. It will be at the end of episode three. You'll be like, wait, one more? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, can't I can't wait, wait for next week. Oh, uh. so excited. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Um, okay, so uh, part one, we start in um, actually a really dark sort of uh, opening image. It, it We start in like a, a battlefield, like a wasteland. It was shot in a quarry because all Doctor Who is shot in a quarry. But it's this we, – we open on these <laughs> – on these, you know, these soldiers in gas masks, and they all start, like, charging something, and they're all gunned down by machine gun fire, and it's a really dark image. Like, what did you think this time about, like, the the image of it? Um, I think it's, it, it was definitely a, 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 a like, a stark image, and, and mm-hmm. it was, um, it grabs your attention right off the bat, for sure, about, like, like, what's, you know, you've got these things in gas masks, and it's just, I, you know... I you you get you get jumped right into the story. You don't really know what's going on, and mm-hmm. so you're just like, "Wait, who's that? Why are they getting shot at? Mm-hmm. Who's shooting them?" And you're like <laughs> asking all these questions, and then all of a sudden, it's you know uh, the doctor being confused, and there's fog, and then a time lord shows up like a like Dracula, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> out of the fog. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> "Well, um, I have a mission for you." <laughs> I think it's interesting, if for no other reason than because, like, this wasn't in the original script. This is something that was added a little bit later. Um, uh, the original version of this, like, this tells you, like, there, there's, a, there's a bit of contention I have with this serial because it's almost too good to have been written by Terry Nation. And that's not a slam against Terry Nation. That's more saying how good this story is. Like, I've seen a lot of Terry Nation stories, and it's weird that, like, this is the one that's heralded above all others, like, far and away as his, like, the best story that he's ever written. And I think a lot of that comes down to Robert Holmes. And, like, I'm a huge Robert Holmes cheerleader. He's the script editor. He's probably the best Doctor Who writer of all time. Like, his body of work is off the charts ridiculously good so and like during this era he was totally rewriting all these stories so I think that uh this this was definitely added later especially when you consider that the original version of this when the doctor's talking with this time lord was supposed to take place in like this pastoral garden which I just it's such a different feel like can you imagine this scene? Because basically the scene starts with, like, the Doctor talking to this Time Lord, and he's like, why, are you, why am I here? And the Time Lord's like, well, you're here to do this mission. And the Doctor's like, I have no interest in that. And the guy's like, well, you have to stop the Daleks. And the Doctor's like, wait a minute. Daleks? I'm interested. And so the... Yeah, I, I do have to say, too, like, like right off the bat, that that particular moment in the conversation felt really Mo- Monty Python-y mm-hmm. to me because he's just like... He's like, no, I don't care what you say. I'm not interested. It's about the Daleks. Daleks, tell me more. Yeah, it's, and great... I, and it's just, it's just like, it's just so like, like yuck yuck. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't know. Like it, it was, it felt a little out of place. It's... Like that little, that little joke. It's very Tom Bakery in a lot of the ways that Tom Baker's humor kind of goes. Um, you see it in Rebus Operation a lot, especially in the opening minutes. Um, but yeah, I see what you mean. Like it's, it doesn't necessarily feel like it fits, but. You know, it it works for Tom Baker. Like, Tom Baker can get away with a lot of stuff that other doctors can't get away with. And you're right. Like, it it feels out of place, but it... Yeah, it's a Tom Baker thing, I think. 
<laughs> but it is funny. Um, so this Time Lord comes to uh, the Doctor and basically says, uh, the, ti- the, the Time Lords brought you here. Um, we interrupted this transmat beam, which basically happened at um, at the end of the f- uh, earlier story, Centauran Experiment, because everything in Tom Baker's first season is like, every story leads into the next, which I really like. I really like it when they're serialized like this. So mm-hmm. the Doctor landing here is basically he lands as a result of that story. Like so he transmats away at the end of the Centauran experiment right into this battlefield in Genesis of the Daleks, which I think is really cool. Um so the Time Lord says, uh we're here to tell you what you need to do what, that you have a mission and our, your mission is it's not even like a mission if you choose to accept it. Like we don't you don't have your TARDIS, so you kind of have to do this. Um your mission is to uh stop the Daleks because we've seen a future in which the Daleks will destroy everything, which I think is really interesting. Like, that's that's a really compelling sort of thing, because the Time Lords, especially early on, well, specifically early on, don't, or all times, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm scatterbrained at the moment. Um, the, the Time Lords are very specifically non-interventionists, and they spend a lot of time saying, we don't interfere, but they're very specifically interfering here. Which I think is really yeah, and it, I think haven't they gone back and and sort of hinted at the fact that this this time lord and this mission is specifically um, put together from the time war? Like they're like they're saying like yeah they're they're messing stuff up during the time war. I'm not going to tell you about that, but I'm just going to say there's a future where they're messing up some stuff. So we need you to go and make sure that they don't exist. I honestly don't know because um, it, it's hard to say because so much is no, so much little is known about the time war uh, to your to your hatred. I'm sure. Um, oh God, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, but this story, I, we mentioned it back when we talked about the Daleks. But we're spending so much time on the first like five minutes, but that's okay because there's a lot to talk about. Um, the in the Daleks, like the we mentioned that as a result of the story, history changes. And it's true. So I think that it's one of those things where it's like the Time Lords foresee a future in which the Daleks will conquer everything. And this, in a lot of ways, gives them a level playing field because of Davros, specifically. So I think that, like, you could argue... You can argue either way because of the unknown nature of the Time War. I like to think of it as um, they they foresee a future in which the Time Lords are defeated and the Daleks win, and this really actually levels the playing field a little bit. That's my version of events, anyways. Okay. You can really take it either way. I'm sure I'm sure we yeah. can like, interview every single Doctor Who fan to ask them what they think about the Time War, but uh, that's that's just my view on it. Yeah, it's 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 a funny it's a funny thing, and I don't know if we'll ever get an explanation, um, which disgusts me to no end. You don't even... No, I, be- <laughs> I believe you. I believe yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I it's just the time war could just be such a perfect opportunity to kind of solve all of the continuity errors within the series. Mm-hmm. Like you could just you could just wipe this like Moffat could just wipe the slate clean. Um Well he did if, already. He did that with the cracks in time, so Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I don't know. Here I I just I hope we I just I want to see some time more. That's all. That's, that's all I'm saying. All right, moving fine. on. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. So the time lord, uh, the time lord basically says, uh, your job is to one. You can you have a couple of options. One, you can stop the development of the Daleks. If we if you do that, you're going to be in a good position. Uh, you can either stop the development of the Daleks. You can delay their. Um, you can you can stop their. Sorry, what were, what were the three objectives? The three objectives are: you can stop <laughs> the development of the Daleks. You can make them less hostile and less like 
gung ho violent against mm-hmm. um, against all people or or genocide. Yeah, so less genocidal, more you know friendly, less you know less without soul. I guess would be less soulless. I guess would be a way to describe it. Um, or find some inherent weakness within the Dalek that we can exploit at a later date. Which I think is really interesting, like that, you know, it's weird to see the, the Time Lords give the Doctor missions, but they do it a lot, especially in this era where they'll just, you know, like, Brain of Morbius is based around the idea that they're giving the Doctor an assignment to do. Like, it's, it, you know, it's it's cool, I mean, you rarely you rarely see it, but, like, the Daleks, the Dalek, the, the, not the Daleks, the Time Lords are very involved in, like, getting involved in the Doctor's life, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, so so the doctor's like, okay, well, that sounds really great, but how do I get to my TARDIS? And the, the Time Lord gives him a time ring and says, hey, uh, take this time ring. When you're ready to go, give it to, uh, like, just activate it, and it'll send you right back to your TARDIS, which you left on the nervous station back in Arkham Space. And uh, the Time Lord leaves, and the doctor's like, okay. So he goes around, he, like, basically walks three steps, and Harry, and Sa- Harry uh, Sullivan, who's his companion at this time, and Sarah Jane Smith, whom I love. Uh, and is dressed like a fisherman yeah. for some reason. <laughs> well, that's that's because at the end of um, Ark in Space, she got this new yellow coat and wears it through Centauran Experiment and doesn't get a chance to change, which is kind of cool. Um, we'll see at Ark in Space. It's good. You'll like it. It's a good one. Um yeah, so I guess, oh, I, I I've seen Ark in Space. Oh, I love Ark in okay. Space. Yeah, because that was so good. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, so they basically meet up with the Doctor, and they're like, "Why are we here?" And the Doctor's like, "Well, we're here to stop the Daleks." Oh, by the way, the Time Lord told the Doctor that he's on Scarrow. Forgot to mention that they're on Scarrow. Um, so they um, let's see. Uh, they they start walking through this war zone, which is you know it's messed up. Like there's bodies everywhere. And there's like various degrees of technology. Like one of the one soldier has like you know like animal skins and body armor and like a gas mask and a machine gun. And it's like there's all this sort of really cool like uh, sci fi ideas that Terry Nation's so obsessed with, with just creating a world within the mythology. And there's landmines. The Doctor steps on one and then he gets off. Which I actually I I had a big problem with that because. Which is, it's so weird, but, like, the more I thought about it, the more I hated it. Like, the Doctor stepping on a landmine just in itself seems really out of character because he seems like, well, obviously, the, the Doctor should be smarter than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and not not to mention, it also is, like, super pointless because he's the Doctor and he's a brand new Doctor. We know he's not going to get killed, so what the point, what's the entire point of this moment. Yeah. Like, why not have Harry step on the on the mine, or Sarah Jane? Like, why the Doctor? I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. It, 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 I don't know. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, I have no explanation I don't, for that. I don't have an explanation. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. Um, yeah. It's just, it just seems like a goofy, like, writing mistake. I guess. Me. It I also kills some time, because they do have six episodes to fill. Um, yeah. It does kill about five minutes of the story, which is not... It's fine with me, I guess. I mean, I'm still... Yeah. It's still fun, so I mean... It, it, it's a little tense, but Harry Harry doesn't seem to know anything about mine safety either. He just places some rocks underneath it and says this should work, which I don't I don't know if that would work. Then again, I don't, I don't know anything about landmines, so <laughs> it's true. That's that's basically that was my exact like thought process. I was I was watching. It was like, how does that work? Would that work? I don't know. I don't know anything about landmines. I hope I hope <laughs> it works because if I ever step on a landmine, I'm I'm definitely trying this because. 
I don't know. As long as you have somebody to put rocks underneath it, because I don't think yeah. you would move. Not oh, I wouldn't move. But like, if I had, if I was ever in a buddy system, I would try it because you know <laughs> what? System. I don't have anything to lose. Well, you know, you have to go around the buddy system, especially when you're walking through a minefield. Oh. Um, so <laughs> that's a lesson for all the kids at home. Please use a buddy system if you're going to walk through a minefield. Uh huh. Much like the rope safety yeah, from my yeah. first episode. <laughs> exactly. Um, callbacks. Um. So let's see. So. The Harry, the Doctor, and Sarah. Um, I have no idea how to say this crew. I guess whatever order doesn't matter. Um, they they show up at this this these this end of these trenches and they they find dead bodies like who are just basically holding position with guns in place, which I think is really cool. Like the the mythology going into this story, I think is really well done. And like I you know I call Terry Nation a madman, but his level of sculpture in terms of like how this all works and the horrors of war are really well done in this story you know yeah and like you know yeah. dead bot you see dead bodies wearing masks gas masks like holding guns just to say that you have more men than you actually do uh it's just it's just really elegant and it shows you that they're losing the war and that it's been a long war of attrition and all that stuff so mm-hmm. they arrive they arrive at this place and they can't get into the door and then all of a sudden there's a gas attack including a smoke ma- smoke machine that comes from the bottom left corner of the screen which I thought was really funny. Um did you notice the smoke machine? I noticed this one. No. Oh yeah, yeah, there's, there's this part where the gas attack starts and then the doctor Sarah and Harry all like the doctor's like, "Oh no, we need to uh we need to we need to hide." And he he goes and um and they they all duck to one side and then like in the bottom left hand corner like you can tell that the ga- like the smoke machine is just out of frame and it just shoots smoke at them which i think is really funny um <laughs> so uh so there's a, there's a gas attack and they all like they plunder the gas mass and and then uh as as they plunder the gas mass a bunch of a bunch of soldiers run out of the the bunker that they're about to enter and uh capture the doctor and uh, Harry and leaves Sarah Jane behind because they don't see her, and the Doctor and Harry are brought inside and separated from Sarah Jane, which is a total Terry Nation stable. Terry Nation loves to separate the Doctor from his companions, um, so they're brought inside and and delu- like they're not delusional, but they're a little disorientated. This is what happens when my brain isn't working p- properly. Uh, it's been a long <laughs> week. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> so uh, they they're brought into the base. And they meet some some militia who identify themselves as Khaleds, and there's some mythology about mm. what's going on. And they meet this guy named Raven. Uh, Scaro Nazis. Yeah, they're basically Scaro Nazis. They're they're a bunch of they're a bunch of guys who dress like Nazis, and they live on the planet Scaro. And the Doctor notices that they're called Khaleds, which is an anagram for something a little bit different. And he's like, "Oh, that's interesting." Um, and then there's a great scene where the Doctor turns out his pockets, and then he manages to get the drop on this guy named Revan. I guess that's his name, Revan, Ravon. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, I think it's Ravon. Yeah, yeah. he's like he's such a cheerleader for the college cause. Like he's just like I am a cheerleader for the college cause. I I love too that he he and like the rest of the Scaro Nazis t- all sort of tend to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the really passionate ones, the sciency ones, don't so much, but. The uh, the the really passionate military ones they talk like less robotic da- Daleks. Like, yes, just in everyday speak, like mm-hmm. that's just how they talk. Yeah, it's a really it's a really good touch. I I agree in that like you know the idea is that as we'll see in the story that the Daleks are the ultimate result of mutation uh, when it comes to these Khaleds and um, 
I think it's really interesting that uh, you can kind of see them as like Daleks with conscience, but looking like humans, which is really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so the doctor manages to get the drop on Revan and and gets his gun and like manages to toss it to Harry and they um, and the doctor examines this this map that shows these two positions, one of which they're both domes right across the street from each other, pretty much, which I think is really funny because it's this war that's been going on for like a thousand years and. You know, the two bunkers are, like, right next to each other, which is a hell of a war, like, let's be honest. The war the war, the war, started as, like, an odd couple scenario oh, where, yeah. like, they split the bedroom up, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then it just, it just escalated from there. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because they're just so spiteful towards each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the doctor and Harry are like, you need to take us back outside because you left our friend behind. And, um... And so the, so Harry points the gun at, at Raven, and they, they start walking towards the door, and they're interrupted by this guy named Niter, who's the security chief, I think. Like, he's the security commander, security commander Niter. And uh, last week we talked about uh, Dr. Lawrence, and uh, Dr. Lawrence is back, and this time he's Niter. And yeah. it's, it's the same guy, but with more hair. Like, his comb-over is much more impressive this time. Once, yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it actually doesn't look like a comb-over so much. Mm-hmm. Um I, it's this part of the of the of the episode, especially when when he shows up, that I I started to feel like Indiana Jones should be showing up any minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because it's just it had a very like Indiana Jones like versus the Nazis vibe. Oh yeah, like, like it lo- it totally looks like you know like give him a scar and it's basically Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so so there so Niter shows up and he's like, "What are you doing?" And Ravon's like. I'm taking these people out of here. And Niter's like, all right, I guess you can do that. But almost instantly, Niter gets to the end of the corridor and orders a couple of soldiers to start shooting at the doctor and Harry. And, like, I don't know. I think this is, like, it's one of those things where you can sort of see Doctor Who, like, progressing over the years. Like, you never would have had, like, gunfire in the Daleks. You had a little bit of gunfire in the invasion. You had a little bit in the Silurians. But, like, this is much more... I mean, I, I saw, I've seen this story like nine times. Like, this was probably my ninth time watching this story. I haven't seen it. I saw it maybe like nine months ago, almost a year ago, actually. And I never realized early on like that this was so violent. Like, it's just – it's such a darker story than pretty much all the other ones accepting stuff that comes out of this era and the Colin Baker era. Like – the violence in this is actually pretty shocking, especially that opening image. But like, you know, you have gun people with guns like running around firing at the doctor, and some really violent sequences in the story, which I think is really, you know, it's really interesting. And a lot of it is about the horrors of war, like especially Terry Nation. Terry Nation hated war, but yeah, I don't know. Did you notice the violence in this? Like, just oh yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Just making sure, because like, especially this time through, have now having watched a lot more since the last time I watched it. Yeah. Although, like, I I did. The thing that that um, should be noted is that I did just watch this like a month, two months ago, yeah, that and, about right. and I'm watching it already again, mm-hmm. and it, it held up so well. Oh, it's, it it totally holds up, and it's one of those things where like I've been saying for a long time that this is like one of my favorite stories, but like you know just because I've seen it eight times and I was never bored by it, but like coming back to this, like this is just some of the best Doctor Who that's ever been. Like, far and away some of the best Doctor Who that's ever mm-hmm. been. Like, I, I kept, like, when I was watching it, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and, like, as we were going through it, I was just like, this is actually Caves of Androzani level good, and that's really high praise from me, because Caves of Androzani is better than just about every other Doctor Who story, but, like, the way that this is, like, imagined and envisioned, a lot of that goes to, like, director David Mahoney and 
producer Philip Hinchliffe and script editor Robert Holmes, like Terry Nation was really upset with this story. Like he he was like he was like I can't show this to my kids. This is this is not what I signed up for. And they were just like, well, this is the story. This is the show that we're making. Like everything about this, like this is just. In a, in a, like, this era has a bunch of great stories, great classic stories, like Pyramids of Mars, Deadly Assassin, Towns of Wing Chang. This is, this deserves to be right up there, not just with this era, but of all Doctor Who stories of all time. You're totally right about that. Um, oh boy, we are tangenting already. Oh, goodness. It's okay. <laughs> okay, well, going on. Um... So Harry and the Doctor start running away from um, from Niter and the people who are firing at them, and they manage to make it out into the wastelands, but they're recaptured. So they needed to run away, apparently. Um, <laughs> it's just killing time. Um, so they're recaptured and brought back into this this Khaled base. Um, meanwhile, while this is all going on, Sarah Jane, and this is why we didn't really mention Sarah Jane, because... She doesn't really do anything in this episode, but she um she basically gets up from the trench and starts walking, and she feels like she's she's being watched, and we find out that she's being watched by what are called mutos, which sounds totally slurish. Like, I don't know, I wouldn't like to be called a muto. Like, hey, you fracking muto, get over here, you know? It's just it yeah, it sounds it, it's very racist. It's slurish. It's totally slurish. Um, <laughs> she's followed by these mutos, and so she starts running, and she finds her way to a um. So like this bombed out little township place and she meets and she looks um, through one of the windows and she sees this weird looking dude with a blue eye on his forehead and um, the guy starts saying like prepare to begin and she looks over and she sees a Dalek which she had experienced just a season before in Death of the Daleks which I haven't seen so I guess it must have left a big impression on her Um, and the Dalek uh, begins this test where it fires at these targets and basically blows them up and this creepy looking dude who we find out later is Davros basically goes, uh, perfect, this is really exactly what we're looking for and we're left on the image of this Dalek basically saying the Daleks have already been created, which is kind of interesting. Like, you know, the production lines have already started. Like, the Doctor can still, you know, stem them, but, like, you know, they're too late. Like, the Daleks are still there, which kind of sets up the rest of the story. Like, they can't ever win. They can't win this story. Like, we know that they can't, because the Daleks have to survive, but, like, oh, man, like, talk about a great ending, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say, I, I will say uh, a couple of things before we go into to part two. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Davros, as a character, like, there was always something about him I couldn't quite put my finger on, mm-hmm. um, but I figured it out in uh, it, watching it, watching uh, Genesis this time. Mm-hmm. And it was that if, and it was it was right when he first appeared is when when it it just struck me all at once. If um, Professor X and Emperor Palpatine had a love child, it would be Davros. <laughs> Yeah, and that and that and that child grew up to be Hitler. Yeah, yeah, it much. would be Davros. Yeah, that's well, yeah. Oh, you're actually totally right about that. I just started thinking about what what their love child would look like, and I went right to Davros. You're co- oh wow, that's actually yeah. pretty apt. It's huh. pretty. <laughs> it, it freaked me out. I was just like, I was like, especially since he has the little like cerebro thing on his head, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, this little wire cage thing that happens. I'm like, oh, and he's 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 trying to find all the mutos. That's mm-hmm. huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Finding the mutos. I didn't think about that. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Davros seems very obsessed with um, all of his moments living on in history. 
Yeah, he's, it's like he loves history, every other word out of his mouth. It's just like, and this will live on for history. And everyone's like, oh, God, this again? <laughs> Thank you, Davros, for more history lessons. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, no, you don't understand. I need it. And you're like, oh, goodness. <laughs> I want to be in the history books. Okay, well, that's great. <laughs> Thanks, Davros. <laughs> um, Somebody put him back in the home. <laughs> Does he know those switches don't actually do anything? <laughs> and then, like, and then, like, you see, like, one of those college scientists, like, shh, 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 and then, like, put a, like a mask on his face, and he's just like, he's just like history, history. history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just passing out. That's um, <laughs> just like that. That's oh no, a, retirement that, home, Davros. I like that. You put him in with like Derek Jacoby as the master, and you're just like, that's that's a buddy cop show that I would watch. Oh there you goodness, go. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Yeah, um, it would be like it would be like the uh, Doctor Who equivalent of Boba Hotep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh. oh, we're off the rails. Okay, I so need that. Okay, <laughs> part two. Part, part two. Part two. At the end, uh, we start part two with uh, Davros and uh, his do- his first Dalek prototype uh, slowly moving away, and they're with uh, this guy named Garmin, who will play in a little bit later. And so they go away, and Sarah Jane's really freaked out. And so she goes to examine, like, the targets, but then she's surrounded by Mutos, which is kind of a really creepy image. Um, so she's captured by Mutos, and she gets knocked unconscious. Um, and then you get this really... We cut back into the bunker, and the Doctor and Harry are um, are are about to be scanned by this machine, and the Doctor's like, can we have some tea? And the guy's like, no. And the Doctor's like, that's rude, which I thought was really funny. Like, it's one of those things <laughs> yeah. where, I, I mean, I, I loved, I, I really like Tom Baker, especially really great Tom Baker. There's a lot of really great Tom Baker out there. Um, but I, I don't think this is one of his best stories, to be honest. Like, it, it, as a story, it's wonderful, but if you're going to showcase Tom Baker, I don't think this is one of them. So, like, all the really great Tom Baker moments are really great, but... You know, I much I much like him. I like him better in like Pyramids of Mars or um, City of Death or actually the Armageddon Factor, which is about he's about the only good thing in that one. Uh, but I don't know. Do you do you think that this is one of the like it's a it's a great like in terms of era, it's one of the best Tom it's, Baker stories. But it, it's not it's not a great Tom Baker story. It's a great Doctor Who story. The yeah. fact that Tom Baker is the Doctor in it is like like a non-issue. I yeah. think. Yeah, but and then I you, think I think you could you could probably put any. Doctor in the story, and it would be just as good. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would probably, I would definitely agree with that. Um, some more than others, definitely. But yeah, like it's very, it's very much closer to a Doctor Who story than it is like a, an acting showcase for Tom Baker, as opposed to something like you know, the Caves of Androzani, which is just an acting showcase for uh, Peter Davison. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because no I other think... Doctor works in that story at all. Right. Exactly. Um, I think too. Uh, th- this scene in particular. Uh, is is the reason why I've dubbed part two even Scaro Nazis have the TSA. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's good. That's good because the doctor basically empties his pockets and like goes into the scanner and then uh, the scanner drains him and it goes off and they pull out the time ring and they're like, we're taking this. And the doctor's like, come on. <laughs> I need that for the trip home. <laughs> exactly. Like, why why the TSA won't let me take my sharpened toothbrush onto a plane? I don't understand. Like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you can't have this hair gel. Is it explosive hair gel? I don't know if it's explosive. That's why you can't have it. It was three and a half ounces, people. Okay, <laughs> not that big a deal. I need. Did four you know ounces. that you can't you can't build a bomb with more than three ounces of liquid? Did you know that? I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. Now, now I do. Now I now, do. Yeah, chemistry. Who yeah. Knew? <laughs> oh, chemistry. Oh, those are good times. <laughs> um. So, uh. 
Meanwhile, outside, there's a there's a fight between these mutos where they're like, "What are we gonna do with her?" And you're just like, "Oh boy!" And they, <laughs> <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is you know, it's kind of dark. And one of the mutos is like, "We gotta eat her," and another one's like, "And like we can't do that." And then all of a sudden, a bunch we of... have to destroy her for being prettier than us. Yeah, that was basically the argument. It was just like, it was just like, she's pretty. Let's get rid of her. She doesn't look like us. And I'm just like, that's mean. Although before she showed up, I was the prettiest. Yeah, now you guys are all paying attention to her. It's like Snow White, which is funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Snow White with Muto's on Scarrow. Um, <laughs> one has an apple. Um, so then, uh, basically, a bunch of Thals show up, and one of the Muto's run for it, and the Thals gun him down. Uh, and the Thals are like, "Oh, we have a Muto, and we have Sarah Jane. Let's take them and make them work." So Sarah Jane is carted off by uh, Muto's. And then we cut back to the bunker, and we have the Doctor and Harry, and they're being interrogated by this um, by this scientific elite dude named Ronson, who's kind of awesome. He wears all white and has white hair, and he's kind of awesome. And it's I don't know I I loved this scene. Like I thought it was in a this this whole story is solid all the way through, but there are a bunch of really great scenes, and this is a really great scene in which the Doctor's talking to Ronson, and Ronson's like, well, you can't be an alien, because Davros has said, like, there are seven, in all the seven galaxies, there is no life, and the Doctor's like, but there's more than seven galaxies, and Ronson's like, ah, touche, my friend, which I thought was really funny. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like, this is one of those really great scenes of just, like, you know, interaction between uh, the people. And then uh, Davros enters, and and he's like, I'm testing a Dalek, and everyone's like standing at attention, and they're all very impressed, and the Doctor's just horrified. The Doctor's just like, this is bad news. And Davros puts a gun in the Dalek, which I think is really interesting, because you already have... Um, there's this, this scene is basically implying... The Davros implies to all these military elite scientists that... Um, he's testing the Dalek for the first time, but you really, like, we just saw Davros testing the Daleks just a minute ago, and it just, it's one of those things where it's like, Davros is just a liar who will just tell anyone anything to advance his goals, which makes him one of the best villains of all time, um, so he sets the Dalek loose, and the Dalek identifies, um, the Doctor and Harry as non-college, so it's about to shoot, and Ronson gets in the way, and Davros is like, why did you do that? <laughs> and Ronson's like, because they know stuff. And Davros is like, well, well, they're not going to know stuff for very much longer because I'm going to have them killed in the morning. And Ronson's like, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, I don't know, it's a really good scene. I, I, I When I did this in my blog, I YouTubed this bit because I thought it was a really great moment. Um... But yeah, it's really cool to see a Dalek gun get placed into this Dalek, and it very it highlights the idea that like you know we're seeing the Daleks actually created, which helps make the story a little bit more legendary, um, yeah, than it actually would be just on its own. Um, let's see what else. So uh, while while this is going on, Sarah is brought to the Thal Dome, um, where she finds out that she's going to be. Um, uh, helping construction of a rocket, and the, it turns out that the Thals and a Hail Mary player are going to basically take this giant rocket, load it with a bunch of like explosives, like radioactive explosives, and just like nuke the crap out of the college and basically wipe them off the face of the earth. Um, 
and so they're taken to work into this into this um, place where they're exposed to like distro- dystronic radiation, and they're going to suffer from dystroxic toxemia, which is not as cool as spectrox toxemia for those who have seen Caves of Androzani. Um, and then uh, there's like this radar. Which I, <laughs> it's hard to find like really funny things to talk about in this episode because it's so good. But um, I love the I love the little box on the wall in the <laughs> in the thing that says like danger, safe, toxic. Yeah, there's like a, yeah. like a little lever, and it just says safe, and then it's in the safe zone. And then it goes over to the place where it says toxic, which I think is just... <laughs> well, it, show, it showed the... At first, it showed it on the wall, and it would keep cutting back to it. I'm like, well, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very... It's not very subtle. And then, <laughs> and then it moves into the toxic zone, which I think is really funny. Um, and the light comes on, and I'm like, that helps. Um, thank you for telling us in advance that it's more toxic. I don't know. I think a little dial on, this, on the thing would be a little bit more effective, but they probably couldn't afford that. Um... So, uh, basically, the Doctor and Harry are detained, and, uh, in this cell, and Ronson comes in, and he's like, and he's like, look, Davros is, is here to do, to help focus on the survival of the race of Khaled's, and, and you have to understand that we're just trying to survive at this point, we're not even trying to win. Like, we're just trying to survive from complete and total extermination of our species. And I think this is really interesting, again, because the Doctor reveals early on that he's like, you guys are creating Daleks, and Ronson's like, what are you talking about? And then Davros calls the creatures Daleks, and Ronson's like, well, how did you know that? And the Doctor's like, because I'm the Doctor. And you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so so uh, Ronson discusses with the doctor that he's like worried about Davros and what Davros has planned. Um and so he shows the doctor some mutants and the doctor's like we have to shut this down and Ronson's like I can't do that but you can go to the to the military like council and they can help shut down Davros. So uh the, <laughs> so so he shows the doctor and Harry a way out and basically lets them escape. Meanwhile, uh Sarah Jane in the uh what's it called in the in the the thal dome comes back from her first shift and she's just exhausted and she's like look guys we got to escape and they're just like why we can't get out and she's like yeah we can we can just climb the rocket and they're like that's a bad idea and Sarah Jane's like you got a better one turns out they don't so they plan an escape and they manage to get a a, a a jump on the guard and you get they run to the rocket and they start climbing the scaffolding which again functions like it's one of those things where Terry Nation loves vertical whatever um he loves <laughs> vertical sequences like the the elevator sequence in the Daleks is one of them uh there's another one in uh Planet of the Daleks which is basically the same thing but um they start to climb the scaffolding and there's this really great it's a really great scene for a lot of reasons. It's a really bad one for one big one. Um, but uh, there's a, it's a really good scene. Like, what did you think of the scene? Minus the cliffhanger, which we'll get to in just a second. Um, what did you think? What did you think of this scene? Like, just in terms of like uh, construction and like pacing and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was it was fine. I mean, I I I, I thought that the uh, the idea of them like gunning down these people. And like the the bodies like falling or whatever was pretty uh, graphic and horrifying yeah. for the time, especially. Well, like there's that um, scene where like Sarah is being she like freezes because I I think Sarah Jane has vertigo. Like I'm pretty sure she has vertigo, which we'll see in other stories. But like, yeah, that scene where the guy basically goes to her and he's like, "You have to keep moving," and she's just like, "I can't." And then he gets gunned down and falls. Like he gets gunned down right next to her and falls to the ground is just yeah horrifying. Like it's just kind of yeah. nuts. 
But yeah, exactly. I think it's just it's just a really it's a really well done scene in terms of just like verticality. Like I love vertical space and things, and you never see vertical space because everything is shot in studios with no ceiling. But like the sense of vertical space and the fact that there's no sound except for gunfire and people climbing is pretty dark and stuff. <laughs> and then Sarah Jane falls. Yeah. But Which... luckily, in part three, it wasn't that far. Yeah, she falls maybe a couple feet, ran onto a platform. Um, yeah, just just she she only falls long enough to apparently stretch completely out and then land. Yeah, it's, because it's, it's not very far at all. It's either that or she was climbing for a lot longer than we give her credit for. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, oh gosh. I remember the first time I saw this cliffhanger, I was like, what? And then all of a sudden, you know, she, they come back and she's just like falling onto a platform a couple feet below. Okay, there it is. And it's, <laughs> oh, that it's, was lucky. It's such a cheat, but it's it's a good cliffhanger, but like. <laughs> and then Sarah uh, Jane fell into this, this cart of vegetables that just happened to be there. Yeah, it was just, you know, someone just managed to wheel it out just in time. We set it up perfectly. And that's the problem with it is it's not set up like sufficiently to be like, oh, she fell on a platform. Like it's just, it's so cheap. It's so yeah. cheap. Um, I, it's it uh, uh, the combination of that and then later in episode three where they they have that huge dramatic beat to uh, like her jumping what is basically a two to three foot gap. Yeah, not very far at all. No, like she doesn't even jump. She just has to like step wide across it, mm-hmm. and it's it's like shot as this ridiculously dramatic moment. And I'm just like, okay, come on, yeah, really. <laughs> um, yeah, so so she gets to the top, and she's with um, this Muto named Severin, who's totally into her. And um, <laughs> they get to the top of the scaffolding, and and the Muto and Severin's like, we have to we have to jump, and Severin just jumps across no problem. But Sarah Jane is scared out of her mind, which is fine. I mean, I'd be scared too if a bunch of thals were climbing up after me and shooting at me, and you know, stuff. So she, <laughs> but the question is, would she, if she fell into that gap, would she even go anywhere, or would she just get stuck like Winnie the Pooh? I I'm think it would be a Winnie sure. the Pooh moment. Yeah, I think it would be a Winnie the Pooh moment, and that would be more exciting because then she wouldn't be able to run away from the thals who are trying to shoot her. Yeah, <laughs> I would have loved that Terry Nation doing that. That would have been really fantastic. Yeah. Um, so they get across, but they don't get very far because they start to climb the rocket to try and get out of the dome. But uh, the Thals show up and point guns, and they're like, "Hey, you got to get out of there. You can't be here. We're gonna we're gonna take you back." You that was a good attempt, but no. Um, and the Severin jumps back across. He's like, "Okay." And Sarah Jane is terrified, so this Thal jumps across and like gives her gives her his hand and basically says, "Hey, uh, just jump across. I got you." And then basically kicks her off and holds her, which is. So sadistic, like oh my goodness! Like when every time I see this, I'm just shocked at the sadism of the Thals, because like, you know, like com- compared to like the Daleks, which we were talking about just three weeks ago, like the Thals were so much the good guys in that, but here they're just as evil as the Khalids are in a lot of ways, which I think is really it's, interesting. It's because they're angry because obviously the Khalids have somehow stolen their pants. Yeah, and they've been forced exactly. to wear overalls and things yeah. like that. And that's don't, not the Thal way. Yeah, the Thal way don't is to th- just they, they they just they just they just want to be free. Their legs need yeah. those pockets of air. First rule and, of Thal: Do not steal their pants. <laughs> don't do it. That's that's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. See, when 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 Barbara got her pair of Thal pants, what you didn't see off screen after they left is that uh, that that Thal uh, that gave her those pants. Yeah, he was assassinated. He was killed. Yeah. 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 
Because yeah. that's that's against that's against Thal law. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can't Don't, just start. You just can't give away Thal pants all willy nilly. It's, it's the Thal Prime Directive. That's what it is. <laughs> it's just the Thal Prime Directive. Um, so they take Sarah back downstairs, and she's got to go back to work, which I think is really interesting. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Harry and the Doctor are climbing through this um, this intri- intricate network of caves, which will lead them from the bunker to the dome, because uh, the scientists are in the Khalid bunker, which is underground, and the Khalid military is up in this dome thing, which has a protective shielding on it, which won't, you know, which will deflect anything. Like, it's just one of those science fiction things that's just like, it's so good, nothing can beat it. Um, and they're in this cave, and you get some really crazy, like, Terry Nation Daleks, like, from the Daleks when there was all those weird creatures, like, you get, like, like an image of, like, this lizard walking by, and... <laughs> Giant stationary clams, which are hilarious. Um, <laughs> the clams are. Let's. I've got an idea. Let's bash it with a rock. Yes, that's the best part. Like, like basically, they're walking through and they see these clams, and Harry like gets his foot stuck in one. This clam bites down on Harry's leg, and the doctor's like, "No!" and basically grabs a rock and starts beating on the shell of the clam with this rock, which doesn't really do anything except like keep bashing the thing closed, which I don't think is the best of ideas personally. I would have gone crowbar, but hey, whatever. Different <laughs> doctors try different things. Tom Baker wails on it with a rock. Obviously, the the giant clam will feel pain. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> uh, yeah. and I do love I do love Harry's comment afterward. He's just like, "Why is it my leg that's always getting stuck in stuff?" And the answer is that no one cares about Harry. Oh, that's sad. Actually, I love Harry. I'm sorry. I, I love do him. love Harry. Harry's so one of those things where it's like he does not work in the Tom Baker era because Tom Baker, he's basically like Ian 2.0, but, you know, you don't need Ian when you have Tom Baker. Like, let's be honest. So that's why sure. it doesn't work. But, I mean, like, I love Ian. Uh, not I love Ian, but also Harry. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. So uh, while this is go- – so they head to the college leaders and – the doctor, Harry, and Doctor and Harry meet with them, and the doctor gives one of those speeches, which is so lovely. It's a, I don't know. I thought the speech was kind of boring, but you know, that's just me. Mm. Um, uh, and so uh, they give a giant speech, and while the speech is going on, the Dalek tests continue. Uh, Ronson and this other guy start plotting to figure out like how to overthrow Davros because they think that there's a problem. And Niter overhears them and is just like, is just like, hmm. Uh, and then we cut back to, uh, uh, and sorry, we don't cut back. Niter talks to Davros about this and and basically is like, he's like, hey, uh, we got these guys who are gonna raise up against you. And Davros is like, don't worry, I got this. Um, and Niter's <laughs> like, no, you don't understand. Ronson let the let the Doctor and Harry go, and they're talking to the counselors right now, and they're gonna try and shut you down. And the Davros is like. What? Well, don't worry. I'm going to fix this, which is one of those really great things about Davros because, like, he's – no matter what you're doing, like, he is four steps ahead of everyone all the way through this story. Like, he is – he knows what he's doing, which makes him, like, one of the best, like, villains of all time just because he's, like, totally Moriartying everything. Um, mm-hmm. And there's this really great shot. Did you notice the shot where they're talking about Ronson and Niter's just like, I think it was Ronson. And then they look over and Ronson's looking right at them and then he's like – uh, and then he looks back to his work. <laughs> Did you see that? It was, oh, yeah. it was so funny. I love that bit. Oh, man. Oh. 
Also, I would like to apologize for all the recap, but like, let's be honest, there's so much going on in this story, and it's so fun that uh, you should have watched at home. That's all I'm saying. Should have watched at home. <laughs> you, you can probably cut that part out, but I just wanted to say, if you're wondering why there's not many jokes, it's because there's not many to be had, because it's just so much fun. Um, it's true. Although, to be fair, we are already on, uh, like, near the end of part three, so yeah, yeah, we're, well, moving qu- we're moving quite at a brisk pace. Which I'm enjoying. It's fine. <laughs> Faster yeah. the pace. Um, uh, so, basically, the counselors upstairs agree to investigate Davros's research, and they're going to shut down, they're going to suspend Dalek, um, the situation, the like, Dalek creation at the moment. And the doctor's like, that's not good enough. And... <laughs> And they're like, well, we're sorry, but this is what we have to do. Um, and uh, Ravon, uh, the doctor goes to meet with Ravon, and he's like, hey, have you seen Sarah Jane? We have to find Sarah Jane. And, and Ravon's like, well, she went into the college, she went into the Thal Dome. We saw her. Um, and the doctor's like, oh, well, wonderful. And uh, yeah, and so he's like, "Well, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to go find her." And and the guy's like, "Well, we have some spies there, and we know, and we know a secret passage into the base, which." Okay, I guess they know a secret passage into the Thal base. Let's instead of exploiting that, let's just you know, not. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was really funny how they have like they have Thal spies. They they have spies in the Thal dome, and they're not doing anything about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, back downstairs in the bunker, Davros gets news of this um, shutdown thing, and he's just like. This is really. This isn't gonna work. I. I don't. I'd rather not. They're just like we have to investigate how you're treating these things more in terms of from like a morality standpoint. Like we can't enforce this if it's not you know up to par. And um, <laughs> Davros is like, okay, well, give me 24 hours. And the guy's like, you got 12. And Davros is like, okay, I guess I'll do it in 12. Which I think is really <laughs> funny because he's totally kowtowing the line for these people. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like he he has a retaliation. Um, against them. And he turns to Niter as soon as the guy leaves, and he's just like, and he turns to Niter, he's like, this is bogus. We're gonna, we're gonna go, we're gonna go, like, show them what happens if you mess with me. So he's like, get 20 Daleks orders, and get 20 Daleks loaded, and we're going on a field trip, and Niter's probably like, yay, getting out in sunshine, or something. I don't know, Niter probably hates sunshine, let's be honest. <laughs> he hates fun and puppies. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think he likes them. What do you think? Do you think he likes puppies? Um, I he seems more like a cat person. Yeah, I would say. I would say so. He's like he he enjoys getting new kitties, but after a certain point, he's just like no. <laughs> uh, he gives them away. Um, you know, he doesn't give them away. He just has them shot. Yeah. Well, you can't shoot cats because there's well, that's one of those things. Where, well, I guess you can shoot cats. This got dark. Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> there you can't you can't really shoot cats when you're in the thaw, when you're in the Khalid place because they're apparently conserving ammunition. And there was that that was really funny early on in part one where where Ravon was talking to the doctor and um and Harry and he's just like we won't have you shot we'll have you hanged because we can't waste ammunition which I think is really funny. Um, it's again mythology good stuff. Um, yeah. Well, they so they do that and then cats, and, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> well, they they do that. That, but then later, like uh, Niter is just like, just like, oh yes, everything's fine. Turn around, shoot them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> then again, he probably works for like the he works for Davros, and Davros gets whatever he wants. So like, he's one of those people who's like, you know, everywhere is tightening their belts, and like, meanwhile, his office is getting completely renovated with like, you know, a, a sweet <laughs> snowboarding ramp and stuff. Um, right. So that's what, so what I'm saying basically is that. 
Snyder can kill all the cats that he wants. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And he uses the same move. He feeds them, and he's just like, good kitty, good kitty, walks away, shoot them! <laughs> and then he just And then smiles. all of a sudden, he's got like, he's surrounded by three guys with machine guns yeah, and yeah, just yeah. take the cat away. And then he just smiles quietly to himself, and he's just like, this <laughs> <Yeah>. is dark. <laughs> and then he's like, looks like I'll be getting a new kitty. <laughs> I look forward to it. And you're like, okay, weird. All right. <laughs> so, um, basically, Harry and the Doctor go back through some caves again. And they um, break into the Thal Dome through, like, a, a floor panel. Which, if that if it's that easy to break into the Thal Dome, why don't the college just take a bunch of troops and just storm the place? Um, and as they're walking through the hallways of this Thal Dome, uh, they look into a room and they see Davros and Niter talking to a bunch of Thal uh, politicians. And they're just like, that's weird. And it, you find out that um, the that Davros is, is selling out the Khaleds. Like, it's... He's like, he's like, look, I don't like what the Khaleds are doing. They're all here. They just want to wipe you out. You guys have the advantage. I just want the bloodshed to stop. And, like, he's playing them, and it's so well done. Like, it's just... I don't know. It's masterful the way that Davros is pulling off all this. Like, I just... Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's just so incredible, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, so the doctor's like, this isn't good. We have to get back there because they're going to launch an attack on, um, on the Thal, on the Khaled Dome and Davros is going to give them warheads that have the ability to break down the, the, the protective shielding on the dome and they're going to launch that rocket and it's going to nuke the crap out of the Khaleds and it's going to be really genocidal. So they have to get out of there, and there's this really great moment where the doctor's like, but first we have to rescue Sarah, and he walks over to a couple of guards, and he's like, a Thal guards, and he's like, hey, can you help me? I'm a spy, and then, like, knocks them knocks them down, which I, <laughs> one of my favorite, again, like, in a story that's, like, you know, not really, you know, it's not the best of Tom Baker, like, it's one of those really great rare moments that he's just on top of his game and just being really, really, really fantastic. Um mm-hmm. And so they dress up basically like stormtroopers and they go into the um, they go into the Thal uh, rocket silo where Sarah Jane and a bunch of mutos are waiting for the for the Thal rocket to launch because the rockets work on the rocket's been done. And then um, and then uh, basically they come in and they Harry and the doctor like take out these these Thals and um basically are like, "All right, we're rescuing Sarah. You guys need to get over to the college and warn them that Davros is is uh, betraying all of them, and then there's this really great moment where where um, they go with Severin the Muto and and Harry and Sarah leave, and then the Doctor like turns to all the Mutos and he's like, "Come on, guys, you're free. Let's go." And the Mutos just kind of walk out, which. <laughs> <laughs> really funny, like. <laughs> well, and I love the straggler too, yeah. where he's just he's like he he's he's kind of like rocking back and forth, like I don't I don't know what to do. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and the doctor's just like, go 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 go. You can be free. I can, I can go. And he's just like, what what do I do? What do I do? Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> he's like, is the door this way? And the doctor's like, yeah, the door's this way. Let's go. Like, <laughs> and like, it's just one of those things where like Tom Baker is really doing a good job in terms of energy, and every all the extras are just like meh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the doctor's like, I have to shut down the rocket. So he starts attempting to shut down the rocket. And for some reason, he puts himself his his hand on some metal stuff. And the Thal that they knocked out, who um, was guarding the Mutos, um, which why would they even have a guard in there in the first place? They can just lock the door. It's not like the Mutos are getting out. This Thal activates apparently this electric fence and electrocutes the doctor, and that's where it ends. So um, yeah. 
Doctor not so good with electric safety. Yeah, no, no. He should have been wearing rubber gloves. Um, mm-hmm. Should have been and wearing not a metal suit. suit. Yeah, it's no, just... metal suits and uh, don't touch metal to metal, especially if you're in a metal suit. This, yeah. We should have learned that from the Middle Ages. Like this is why those those armor suits failed <laughs> because of, <laughs> because of all the electrical attacks. I don't think that joke worked. Um, so <laughs> part part four, um, the doctor basically wakes up in this. Um, in this stall counselor council room where they're basically about to launch the rocket. And the doctor's like, no, you can't launch the rocket because Sarah and Harry are in there and, and it's going to be really bad. And so he like attempts to stop the rocket, which is launched by, the, did you see this box? Did you see uh-huh. it? <laughs> the box. Oh like, yes. It's this little like orange box and there's a switch in the middle, which apparently does nothing. And then on one side it says launch. And on the other side it says destruct. And, I think that's really faulty as a piece of equipment. <laughs> like, you know, how do you, like you should... ignoring the fact that there's a random switch that does nothing. Yeah, the fact that those are your only two options worry me. Yeah, yeah, especially because like you know anyone like the <laughs> blow doctor... them up, blow us up. <laughs> yeah, anyone like the doctor could just run up and be like destruct, and like you know then their plan is over, and they've spent so much manpower and money trying to get this rocket. Like that's a flawed system. That's probably a flawed system. I wouldn't. I wouldn't with it. But it doesn't actually work. The doctor manage the doctor doesn't manage to hit the button in time and the rocket launches and um the doctor is devastated when he watches the the Khalid dome destruct because he thinks it's the end of Sarah and Harry, which is actually kind of interesting. Especially cuz like you don't know, like you really don't know what happens to them um as we'll see in just a minute. Um and what it, well, it's not really that convincing. I was about to ask you if it was convincing, but I don't think it is. No, it's not. <laughs> Considering considering there's a series on television right now called The Sarah Jane Adventures, no, it's not that convincing. It's basically like nuked out Sarah Jane in like a box. That's all basically it is. That's what The Sarah Jane Adventures is now. That's <laughs> Yeah. Especially because of, of this, this bomb didn't can, work. Can I leave the box yet? No, the timer <laughs> says I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still cooking. Um, so... Uh. so um, Basically, down in the down in the bunker, all the Khalids are wiped out except for a handful of scientists, um, and they watch as the, the the dome explodes. And Davros is like, "This is this is awful. We need to um, we need to we need to fight back." And I think this just means that we need to turn the Daleks back on, which you know, kind of a hint that this was planned. Just saying, <laughs> Davros is just like is just like, "Oh, look, I got what I wanted." Oh darn! I love that. I love that Davros is just playing the role of like. In, uh, like, the group of, uh, of like, lynchmen or, or, you know, like, an angry mob, he's just like, I think we should hang them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think we should hang them. Yeah. That's a good idea. Who said that, random citizen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and his, his hand is off to one side. He's like, I think we should hang them. Oh, that's a great idea. Who said that? You know, like, he's that guy. <laughs> yeah. He's totally that guy. Uh, he's going back and forth between the groups, like, doing it with both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly who Davros is. He's the back and forth guy. Yeah. He's just like, I think you should play it again. Okay, same song. You know, like, sorry, that was a... Free bird! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, so... So Davros is like, we're gonna make some more Daleks and we're gonna we're gonna uh, retaliate. But at first, let's uh, let's kill the guy who sold us all out, Ronson. And Ronson's like, what? <laughs> yeah. 
I love that moment. It's so great. It's excellent. Because uh, so he's like, excellent. this is this is just this is awful. No one saw this coming, but you know who did? <laughs> Ronson it's, saw it coming. We should kill and him. And it's his fault. He's like, I didn't do anything. In fact, I'm pretty sure you did it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's totally ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, it's such a good moment. Um, so then Ronson's exterminated, which um, I think is actually the first time we've seen a person exterminated um, in this story. And Ronson, like, there's this really funny thing that happens in the story. I don't know if you noticed it, but, like, every time that someone dies by Dalek in this story, and I'm YouTubing this at the end, so you don't have to worry about going through and watching all of it again, but um, every time that someone dies by Dalek in the story, it is without dignity. Like, Oh yeah. Oh, I that's that was one of the things that stuck out the most with this, which I was just like this is like I can I can only imagine that the direction that these poor actors were given for these these death scenes. Oh yeah, like it's it's just like like Ronson gets shot and he's like and then like and then yeah. I think it's because they had no idea what exactly was happening. They're like and the film will go negative, okay? And then what what's happening? Yeah. Well, we don't really know. We just know they're dying. All yeah. right. So just scream like a little girl. <laughs> and every time because... someone goes down, it's magic. It's yeah. It's magic. And I'm again, I'm YouTubing it. Uh, and for those who are wondering, because before I forget to mention it again, uh, when when we talk about YouTubes, we're actually putting them. I put them up as a comment in response to the um, to the actual post. So if you just go to uh, geekshowentertainment.com. Uh, it's it'll be in it'll be in the comment right beneath this. So if you want to see the YouTubes that we're talking about, I'm just posting them all there. So mm-hmm. you can find them. Yes. Okay. And and I, I will say like I I think that's that's like one of those things where it's just like I don't think I would want the episode to not have those ridiculous deaths. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think a more interesting way of doing the deaths would have been like they're shot and then just like instantly just like fall dead. Like yeah. just like like just complete dead weight. Yeah. You know, like almost like a almost like a Avada Kedavra kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. type of situation. <laughs> no I one think that would have been after Avada Kedavra. You're just yeah. gone. You're just dead. Yeah. You're just dead. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been the way to do it, um, mm-hmm. to make it like horrifying, but maybe that would have been too scary. Well that's that's you know, that's the Niter death that happens later. Sorry, Niter dies. Um but Niter has the best death of the whole story. Like his death is amazing. Um but we'll get to that in a in a little bit. Um and I think you're right, like, or, yeah, like, I think that just, like, just shooting them and they just fall back, just completely, just uh, nuked on the inside, is, uh, that would have been the way to go. As it stands, though, so funny. So funny. <laughs> every time. Um, yeah. So, Davros assumes... The, the worst is when, like, the big group of them later oh, yeah. in That's part the best. six, like, oh, God. When you can just <laughs> see David Maloney on the other side of the camera being like, okay, now give me everything. Go, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, and just like whoever you guys gets the best gets the chocolate, and you're like, oh, okay, all right, I can be the biggest, <laughs> you know, just like that. Um, <laughs> so, um, so the Davros takes uh, assumes control of the Khaleds, specifically the scientific elite, which is all that's left, um, and sends a bunch of Daleks to the Thal Dome to basically go wipe out the Thals in their moment of celebration. And there's this Thal celebration and victory going on, and the the president is like, okay, we're going to release all the prisoners, and we have won, finally, after a thousand years. Which is, you know, they deserve a medal for making it a thousand years. Like, let's, let's give them a victory. But, um... 
<laughs> and he's just like all charges dropped, which I don't think is the right way to go with this. Um, but that's that's you know that's my hang up. Like let's <laughs> we committed a bunch of war crimes. Let's not prosecute. Oh, this got real worldy. Um, so um, <laughs> basically, the doctor. <laughs> moving on, the doctor meets with this uh, this chick named Betton, who's a who's a Thal. Um, and and she's just like, are you okay? He's like, my friends were in there, and she's like, it'll be okay. He's like, hmm. Um, so, uh, let's see, uh, so, uh, he's, like, really upset, and I, I like this, because, um, if you go with the fact, or the theory that, um, Harry and Sarah both just got exterminated completely, wiped out, whatever, um, Betton really, like, you can look at it right here and see that she is possibly, like, uh, she would make a decent companion, like, it's almost setting her up to be a companion, just as kind of like a fake-out, but, um... Yeah. It, yeah, it's cool. Then again, she's about to sit in the trench for about three episodes, so whatever. Um, <laughs> so, so Dav- meanwhile, at the at the bunker, Davros orders a bunch of changes to the Dalek mutants, including uh, purging all sense of conscience from them, and just making them completely amoral and stuff, which is... Uh, really interesting. Um, I'm curious how you do that to someone exactly. I don't know. He's a he's a scientist and he's cloning mutants. I'm sure it's possible. It is Doctor Who. Don't question it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my gut response. Just don't question. Just just go with it. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's one of those things where it's just like you kind of I don't know. You kind of have to go with it, I guess. But I'm sure you could breed immoral people. <laughs> I love that your reasoning for for it is is like your 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 real reasoning is the same as your joke reasoning, only nicer. Yeah, <laughs> just go with it. Well, I guess you just have to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> this is me. I go from I go from zero to anger in three seconds. <laughs> no, I don't. Um. So let's see. Uh, while this is going on, this guy named Garmin, who you might remember us mentioning, uh, back at the end of episode one or the beginning of episode two, basically looks at this schematics for this Dalek mutants and is like, Davros, you can't do this. And Davros is like, I can do whatever I like. I'm Davros. And um, Garmin starts to get all suspicious, which uh, accelerates the story towards its end game. Uh, meanwhile. Um, <laughs> there's the Thal celebration and the Doctor gets out of his Stormtrooper outfit and he somehow manages to get back into his, his clothes, which makes me wonder where his clothes came from, but um, okay, I guess. Because <laughs> really, like, he I, I didn't even realize that he was not wearing his clothes until he puts them back on, and it's just like, oh, where were your clothes? Did, did, were the Thals keeping them nice and warm for you? Is that what happened? Um... <laughs> Well, they have all that room now that yeah. they don't have thaw pants. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, you get rid of the storeroom of pants and suddenly closet space opens. You can just get rid of all the clothes you don't need. This is this yeah. is the story of the thaw life. <laughs> Getting rid of thaw pants. <laughs> Learning to hang up thaw pants. Um, so while this is going on, the doctor's walking through the thaw place and he starts hearing screams and Daleks basically invade the thaw dome and start exterminating and wiping out every thaw that they see. And it's just a massacre. And the doctor manages to get... Betson away from the, the place and they manage to escape in, into the trenches and he basically tells her, like, look, you need to amass some troops and take out the Daleks' bunker. Like, you need to just go in and blow up the bunker and seal it so that no one, nothing can get out. And um, while he and he's like, but while you do this, I'm going to go back in because I need to t- go take care of some things. I need to find my time ring and get out of here. Um, so, they head, so he heads back into the... Into the um, 
into the caves and he's uh, and he's set upon by a bunch of mutos but but uh Harry runs up out of nowhere and just pushes one out of the side out of out away from the doctor and all the mutos I guess run away cuz strength in numbers doesn't really occur to them um <laughs> and the doctor's like Sarah and Harry what happened and they're like they're like we're okay we didn't actually make it back to the dome we were upset upon by mutos so that happens um so they head back to the dome um, and the doctor sends the Muto Severin back to help Betton uh, amass a bunch of troops to help uh, seal in the Daleks uh, at the appointed time. Meanwhile, Garmin, who... I, I love Garmin, and I think that he's one of the best things about the story, and a story full of great things. He's one of my favorites. I mean, I guess they're all my favorite, but, like, I don't know. I love Garmin. I think he's just really great. Um, he also appears in The Twin Dilemma, and he's not nearly as cool as in, in that as he is in this. Um, There's nothing very cool about The Twin Dilemma. No, no, not at all. The best part about <laughs> it is actually Colin Baker, but we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> um, oh, boy. Oh, I'm not looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> so Garmin basically talks to the scientist who was talking to Ronson. Like, when Ronson was talking about... Um, but like starting an uprising against Davros, uh, he talked to the scientist, and Garmin is sitting at this desk, and the sci- the same scientist who talked to Ronson comes up to Garmin, and Garmin's just like, "I need to talk to you for a minute," and the and the guy's like, "What?" And so Garmin has him sit down, and he's like, "These are the schematics I was looking at," and then all of a sudden he just goes. I want to start an uprising against Davros. And you're just like, this is not the way to start a revolution. Like, at least lead up to it a little bit. I know it means going a little bit slow, but I mean, (laughs) Garmin's one of those people who just doesn't know subtlety. Um, Like, he just immediately drops the pretext about that. Um, While this is going on, Niter is, like, literally around the corner listening in like some creep. Um... Which, I don't know, I would be really subtle about talking about this sort of thing, especially knowing, like, how evil Davros is, or how, you know, sadistic he can be. Um, Niter overhears it and starts to formulate a plan, and basically comes a little bit later to talk to Garmin and says, I don't like Davros anymore, I've worked for him for a long time. Like, literally says, I've worked for him for a very long time and served him very loyally, but... I don't know. And Garmin's like, all right, I'll bring you in. Like, no no concept of, like, this is Davros's right-hand man who really enjoys <laughs> it. Like, I, don't, I just think it's really funny. It's one of those things where, like, slowly things in this serial start to not make very much sense if you really start to look yeah. at them, as we'll see later, Lon, but Yeah, the guy's just like, mm, you do kill an awful lot of cats, but yeah. uh, sure, why not? I'll yeah, give you a you shot. Know, cats aren't people. Um, they're more like Thals, so I guess it's okay. Um, <laughs> um, so while this is um, while this is going on, the Doctor, Sarah, and Harry start walking through the caves, and they come across more clams. And I loved this. I loved this. Do you remember this? Yes. <laughs> there's like there's like a bunch of stationary clams. Like not even like the first one wiggled a little bit and it had a mouth. Oh that, no, we have to run. They might yeah. chase. And there's us. like this really great scene where like like the clam like the, the, the again these clams aren't moving. They're like giant foam clams. And this is I just love Doctor Who. Like. <laughs> They're like they like see the clams and everyone backs off and Sarah like backs off and almost runs into one. She's like Rah! and she like screams and she like goes away and it's just I loved it. And then the doctor's like, quick, jump over them and they all jump over it and Harry kind of sidles past one. It's just magic. I just I love the clams. I can't even imagine that day on the set. Oh yeah, like 
I just, I just imagine like after that was done, like the whole crew just like bust out laughing because they all knew how ridiculous it was. <laughs> and Tom Baker like gives everyone a high five or something. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that. I like that. I would have, I would have loved to have been there. Like just da- like quietly, David Maloney is talking to himself, just like. Oh, I wish we had a budget, you know, <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this clam sequence would have been a lot cooler. With yeah. Let's get a couple CGI thousand dollars and they have eyes and, and teeth <laughs> and stuff. And Philip Hinchcliffe was like, what? Um, <laughs> they still don't move though. Yeah. They still don't move. Yeah, yeah. We can't, we can't make them move and we can't do that. Um, <laughs> so while this is going on, Niter, um, meets up with Garmin and is just like, so what do you think? And, and Garmin basically goes, we're planning an uprising against Davros. And Nida's like, oh, that's really cool. Who's on our side? And Garmin turns around and says every single person's name he's ever talked to. Like, <laughs> just like, just like, well, we've got, we've got Willis and we've got, and we've got like Ravon and we've got like Meredith and, and uh, Whitney, you know, <laughs> and Nida's just like, thank you. I've just betrayed you. And Davros is like right behind Garmin. And it's just like, and Garmin's like, I did not think this through. Um, <laughs> now there's like, that's what you get for telling me. I can't shoot at rainbows anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Way to kill my fun. I was hanging cats, dude. Um, um, so well, they, they basically detain Garmin into a cell. And they hear something going on in like one of the one of the ventilation shafts, and they basically walk outside, and they find the doctor Harry and Sarah just there, like getting out of the out of the place, and they're like, "Oh, hello," and basically take them all hostage with like little to no like resistance at all, which I think is just so funny. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, Davros starts to interrogate the doctor, which I think is again we're, it's leading into a really great sequence, but. Um, he turns. He turns around and says, um, "Doctor, you need to tell me about the Daleks and how you can escape from them so many times, and how they keep getting defeated." And the doctor's like, "I can't tell you that." And Davros is like, "If you don't tell me, I'm going to torture your friends." So he brings in Harry and Sarah Jane and ties them up to machines and um, basically says, "Tell me what you know." And the doctor's like, "I can't do it. I cannot betray the future." And uh, Niter and Davros start torturing Harry and Sarah, and Harry and Sarah are like, don't tell Davros, like, amidst screams of agony, they're like, don't tell Davros, and Davros is like, you will tell me, and he starts screaming, and that's where we end. Um, and I don't know, what did you think of this cliffhanger? Because, like, we, we haven't really talked about them that much, but I loved this cliffhanger. I think it's I think it's a really good cliffhanger. The only problem is that it's, like, completely just, like, shot down within the first, like, five seconds of the next part because he has that really passionate cliffhanger you will tell me like at the top of his lungs and then like seriously we come back in the next part and and the other guy is just like yeah you you really you should probably tell him like (laughs) and then he's like okay i guess i'll say something then (laughs) yeah and and so like it it kind of it's a great cliffhanger it's just like the problem with cliffhangers that are built in as cliffhangers, a lot of them there's nowhere to go mm-hmm. from there, like from that height of 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 a cliffhanger, and then you get to like the rest of the episode, and it's just like, oh, that's where it went next. Okay, yeah, it's well that that happens a lot, like uh, in that you just see the next thing, which basically gets them out of the cliffhanger, which is probably the weakest thing about um, the Peter Davison story of Visitation, where every cliffhanger basically happens, and then the cliffhanger. Res- is resolved within about two seconds of the next episode, which uh-huh. is really, it's really funny. Um, 
But I think I think what and if I may, with all due respect, like I think you're dismissing one of the most interesting things about the resolution to this cliffhanger, um, which is, and I didn't really think about it until this time, but the Doctor spent so much time at the end of the last episode basically saying, I can't sell out the future to save my friends, and in this, he sells out the future, which I think is fascinating. Like, he he really, he turns around at the beginning of this cliffhanger and basically starts telling Davros everything he knows about Dalek defeats. And I think that's that's just so interesting how the Doctor will sell out his friends to save the future. Like, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, every every time you watch The Doctor, almost every time he's like, I have to let things play out how they will. Like, it's this remaining Time Lord, um, what, what's the phrase? Like, like uh, view on things. But uh-huh. at the same time, like, The Doctor does sell out the future. Like, he does give Davros all the information that Davros needs to basically make the Daleks the ultimate killing machine more than they were even before. Um, I don't know if you thought about that. Um, it didn't It didn't occur to me until this time watching it, so, you know. No, it, it hadn't, but that's a good point. I know. It's, it, I didn't... I, sorry. I know how great a point that was. Sorry. Apologize. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, it, I didn't think about that until just thinking about it. And, like, it's just so interesting that he does save his friends and turn over the future. Like, I didn't think about that, but, like, you know, like, you know, at the very, like, you figure out, like, pretty early on, you're just like, oh, well, he'll get the tape back, and it's not going to fix, it's not going to change everything. But, like, if you take it from the Doctor's perspective, like, the Doctor does, you know, sell out the future. And I've said that so many times, but it's true, and it's, you know, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, just definitely. As a, just as a concept. This is, this is podcasting fun. Um, So, basically, after, you know, like an hour of talking, Davros says, okay, we'll, fit, we'll continue tomorrow. We'll continue this a little bit later. You go get some rest. Although, why he makes anyone go get some rest is kind of interesting. So, um, Davros orders... Um, Sarah and Harry taken to the cell, and Sarah and Harry are taken to the cell, and they're they're talk they talk to Garmin, and Garmin's like, "Well, we have a resistance, we have all this stuff um, that we we want. I just need to get out of the cell." Um, and then we get what is probably one of the two best scenes of this entire story. You know, this one, mm-hmm. like this, this is one of those scenes that I we said earlier that um, Terry Nation like. Terry, this is too good to be written by Terry Nation, but this is too good to be written by Terry Nation. Like, it's there's just I don't believe it. I don't believe that this is Terry Nation, and this is it's not a slam against Terry Nation. It's just saying that like I've seen a lot of the stuff that comes out of this era, and Davros is very much in the vein of this era. Like he's this really grotesquely disfigured bad guy who's. Uh, it's very he's a very Holmesian archetype in terms of Holmesian villains. Like if you think of um, Shara's Jack from um, Caves of Androzani, he's very much in that sort of vein of like guy who uses proxies to deal with the outside world, specifically Niter. Like it just it feels very Holmesian. And this speech, specifically the Davros's virus speech, is just awesome. And, and what did you think the first time you saw this? Like did you did you? Really, I, I'm sure it was really awesome, right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, yeah. Yeah, well, what does the speech say? I've been talking a lot. You can you can say what the speech says. What does the speech say? No, no, go ahead, oh. go ahead. <laughs> Politeness. <laughs> Thank you. Um, basically, <laughs> Davros and the doc- Davros keeps the doctor behind after Sarah and Harry leave, and says, "Let's talk as men of science." And they start having a really interesting ethical question where the doctor's like, "How can you do this? Like, how can you be so amoral and create this, these creatures who are just so vile and disgusting?" And Davos is like, "Well, this is my legacy. This is what I, I want to do. This I want to be God, basically." And the doctor 
poses him this riddle where he says, well, what if you created the most deadly virus in existence, something that would wipe out all of all of exi- like all ev- all life in the universe and you had the vial that the only vial that contained it in your hands like you had it would you break the vial and davros goes into this soliloquy monologue and i would have youtube this but i wa- i looked back at my youtube and it got taken down because the bbc is stupid um but davros basically thinks about this vial and says i would break it i would totally break it to have that much power in my hands is something that gods dream of and it's just so beautiful in terms of just like you know beautiful in the most disgusting of ways but just the the ethical and moral dilemma like this is why people love Davros this is why and every every Davros story that comes after this story every single one all of them for the most part suck they're you know I mean I love Stolen Earth Journey's End that's going to get me a lot of, in a lot of trouble but I love Stolen Earth Journey's End but like you know every Davros story after this story just wants to be this story and Davros only has the staying power he has in my opinion because of his strength in this story and nothing in this story highlights why Davros is so awesome as this scene between the doctor and him that's my speech on it Um, but yeah it's it's super excellent and I know we're talking about I know I said uh, you should have watched this but this is why because I cannot do this scene justice you have to go watch it for yourself you can probably find it online I'm sure but go find it go watch it and you will not yeah, be disappointed Genesis of the Daleks is one of the must see classic episodes totally like the, again like classic must sees are like Genesis Pyramids of Mars uh, City of Death uh, those are all Tom Baker's um, War Games um, probably the mind robber, but not as much. Um, and Caves of Androzani. like those are the ones that you got to see. You just you have to, you have to see them. This is one of those things where it's like, I, I, maybe you're not a fan of the classic series, but like, it's just so good. It's so well done. They could make this story today and it would hold up. Like you could make this a two parter today and it would just be the greatest thing that's ever been on television. <laughs> probably, yeah, up there, up there. Um, yeah. So. It's, it's, you know, so basically, at the end of the speech, the doctor basically gets the drop on Davros and grabs his one hand, which is interesting because Davros only has his right hand. His left hand got lost in an accident. Um, Whatever accident caused him to be. Yeah, it's, well, that's one of those things. Whatever's wrong with him. Well, that's one of those things that's, like, never actually explained, which, I mean, we were talking a little bit ahead of time, but they they never really do explain how Davros got so um, jacked up. They kind of explain it in the Big Finish audio called Davros, which is a six-doctor story, which is actually also really amazing. If this is... Genesis, hands down, is the best Davros story that's ever been made, probably ever will be made, but if one comes close, it's Davros, and, like, there's a, there's a, a lot of that story which is flashback to, like, Davros and kind of how he got his stuff. I know in the writer's tale, um, there's a section where uh, Russell T. Davies wanted to throw it into uh, Journey's End, but it didn't fit, because that show... <laughs> that story ran long. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Dr. Grabs... Davros's arm and basically says, "You need to tell everyone to shut down the um, the Dalek control process things." And Davros is like, "I'm not doing that." And the Doctor, in a moment of just complete like anger, turns off Davros's um, life support system for like five seconds and basically turns mm-hmm. it back on and says, "No, you're going to do this for me. And if I hit it again, I'm not going to turn it back on." Which is I uh, I mean I love I I mean 
again, Tom Baker really killing it, like really killing it. It's just this this scene where he's like, you, like you believe for when he says that that he's not going to do it, and it's just so strong to see the Doctor being so, um, you know, wantonly violent. You know, like I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Doctor being openly violent, <laughs> vengeance on Veros, but um, you know, it it's a good scene. It's it's really good. It's strong. Um, I apologize for all the recap, but you know. <laughs> There it is. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, I feel like I've been talking a lot. This is one of those stories, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, next week, probably less. Um, so, uh, he orders Davros to uh, shut down the communication, the the Dalek processing plant, and Davros is like, "I'm not going to do that." So he turns off the thing, and then he turns it back on, and then he's like, "You're going to do this." And Davros starts to do it, but Niter gets the drop on the Doctor and basically turns off. Uh, the communication, and Davros basically gets on the horn and is like, hey, I didn't mean that. No one do anything, which I think is funny. Um, and so uh, the doctor is basically uh, uh, taken back to his cell, but while when he's taken back to his cell, um, it turns out that one of the one of the um, college scientists managed to get the drop on uh, the card, and Harry's standing there in, like, a Thal uniform, which is fantastic, and, like, and just basically, like, t- freeze Garmin and Sarah Jane and uh, everyone. Like, basically, it turns out that they've been hanging out there the whole time, which I think is really funny. I loved, I loved that Harry was in a was in a Thal uniform, a college uniform. Wasn't he? He was, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he was. Okay, I'm just gonna say he was. And if you if you think we're wrong, email. Yay! Don't don't email. You don't need to. Um, <laughs> not for this. It's very trivial. We know we might have gotten it wrong. I apologize. Um. So while they're um while while they're uh they start um the basically Garmin and his his like friend resistance dude meet up with another couple of resistance dudes and they're like, We're gonna take back the, the bunker and it's gonna be really cool and so they start um running around the bunker trying to like uh take it over using guns, which I think is really interesting again because we're getting more and more like this this story like is still pretty violent. Like you you have a really interesting scene where Garmin's like, We're doing a bloodless revolution and um because apparently apparently um he's Marxist, but whatever. Um <laughs> I like the idea that Garmin's a Marxist. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so, so there's there's more violence, and um, and uh, they manage to get their hands on a lot of guns, and they start taking the bunker back down. Um, and Niter hears about this and talks to Davros and and says we ha- we got to start an uprising. And Davros is like, no, let them do it, which I think is really interesting. Again, because Davros is in charge of everything, because he wants to quote unquote avoid bloodshed. Which, whatever. Uh, meanwhile, the Doctor, Sarah, and Harry basically find all these explosives and plot to blow up uh, the Dalek um, processing, like, creation factory. Um, and they're like, we're going to go blow all it up. And Garmin and his troops finally make it to Davros in the main uh, chamber with with the rest of the resistance. And they're like, we want a democracy. And, and Davros is like, well, give me some time to think about it. Which I think is... Uh, the first of many problems that this resistance kind of has, like, did you notice this? I don't know. It, it becomes really obvious later on, but like, did you notice all the opportunities they give Davros, which is a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're like, they're like, they're like, well, we want a democracy. And Davros is like, well, let me think about it, which is, you know, kind of undemocratic. Like just take control. 
just like just get rid of him. He's already proved that he will sell out his own species. Just you know, uh, take him out. Like just like not necessarily kill him. Just lock him up. Take over. Start a bloodless revolution and um and do this. <laughs> so so he's like yeah. So he's like but but I think that Davros again um does something actually also really interesting in that he he basically comes back a few minutes later and he says. Uh, well, I want a meeting of the military elite, and we'll let them decide. Which I think is just like, are you kidding? Come on! Like, I mean, I'm, I get that you're all for democracy, but this is this is going a bit far. Like, you're just you're just stalling. You're letting him stall for time, which he doesn't really need to. Um, <laughs> God, um, <laughs> sorry. It's just one of those things where it's like you have the opportunity to defeat him, but you don't, and it's kind of it's kind of where the story starts to fall apart. But you know, I, I can go with it, especially because it leads to some really awesome stuff in a little bit, but, like, they are giving da- Davros way too many chances. Like, way too many. Um, yeah. Like, well, maybe he learned his lesson yeah. from that last and he, time. And he says he's for democracy. Let's 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 let that happen. Like, no! <laughs> he's proved that he's not. Like, he's proved that he's just all about himself. Um, so, me- meanwhile, over at the, the Dalek um, processing chamber... Uh, the doctor starts rigging explosives, and Sarah and Harry are standing outside, and they they watch as the doctor manages to finish hanging hanging the explosives, and a mutant jumps on him and starts strangling him, and that's where we end the episode. I'm just finishing it off because why not? But yeah, <laughs> another cliffhanger! Yay for Terry Nation cliffhangers! I guess <laughs> I don't know. It's not it's not great. Did you notice that the mutant is part raw steak? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like the doctor is like holding on to it, like with it, like it's it's like hanging on to his scarf and stuff, and like the top part that's like kind of by his like his like right shoulder is just a raw steak, like it's just fantastic, like it's just <laughs> so good. Um, but then how do how do we get out of this cliffhanger? The doctor pulls the mutant off. Yay! <laughs> Congratulations. Um. He, he basically, Sarah and Harry just pull off, and, like run over and help pull him off, and then eh, the cliffhanger's resolved. There you go. It's over. Um, yep. Okay. And then we get what is the second uh, also awesome part of this. Like, if I had to choose between Davros's virus monologue and this sequence, I don't know if I could decide because they're both so, like, next-level Doctor Who, but... Um, uh, the doctor basically holds up these two wires to the explosives, and if he touches the wires, the bombs will go off, and all of the Daleks will be destroyed, uh, for all intents and purposes. Um, and what follows is this really interesting discussion between him and Sarah Jane and Harry about, does the doctor have the right to destroy all of the Daleks, which is it's almost an exact mirror of what the doctor just posed to Davros. To be honest, I hadn't thought of that until just now. Um, but it's it's the same exact idea. Like, will if the doctor could had the opportunity to push the button, would he would he push the button? And like, it's not even a matter of like him saving Dalek life because he clearly doesn't care about that. He cares about alliances and stuff that are forged as a result of Dalek you know, like, Dalek Empire tr- attempts at conquest. Like, people will band together. Right. Which I think, you know, like, I never... I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but it's one of those things where it just works. And, like, this is one of those phenomenal, seminal Doctor Who, like, speech moments in terms of just greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a moment that, like, like lives on through the current series. Oh, like, yeah. they, it's 
still bring it up. Yeah, well, I just watched the fires of Pompeii on Friday, and like that basically was the same thing. Like, do I have the right to doom Pompeii um, in order to save the rest of history? Like, it's just it's you know it's great. It's totally awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I I I hadn't again I hadn't seen this story in a, a while, and like I was I you know I forgot how good this was. Like, it's just again. I don't know if Terry Nation wrote that, but okay. I'm I like Robert Holmes. Um huh. anyways. We're almost done, I promise. We're in part six, for those who haven't been paying attention. Um so <laughs> so so Garmin comes by and he interrupts and he's like he's like, Victory is decided, we've we've uh stopped Davros and the Daleks are gonna be gonna be better. We just have to go uh, go and uh fix the thing and the doctor's like, Oh well that's great so he just pulls the explosives out and basically stops it so that he basically is saved from the decision, which I think is really interesting. Um and so uh da- they go to the they go to the room and Davros basically offers his views as to like what he what he believes, which is that there should like, you know, life is a series of competition again, Davros being the best written villain possibly of the entire classic series, saying, um, we have we are we are one race in competition with all other races and one has to win so why not us why not give each give ourselves every advantage as possible emotions are stupid and, and Garmin's like Garmin's like um this, that's nonsense we can't do that we cannot create something that's amoral um <laughs> and again why are we giving Davros the opportunity to speak when he clearly has proven himself you know manipulative and devious before um right god uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, I'm loving. I love the story, but like, it's one of those things where it's just like it, you look at it. It's seriously. It's 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 a. It, it's 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 an example where like, if we were in World War Two and and you know some jo- German soldiers were just like you know I, listen Hitler like I, I get the whole Jew thing, but like, can you knock it off? And he's just like, oh yeah yeah no no that's fine no no I get it. I'll knock it off this time. Okay, good. We'll we'll let you stay in leadership. Oh, uh, I just you just said you weren't going to do that anymore. I'm sorry, I got carried away. I, it won't happen again. They're like we're going to democratically right. vote on it. And he's like, well, hang on, hang on. We don't have to vote right away. <laughs> it's like that's just like that. Um, <laughs> um, come on, we don't. I, Look, I won't kill any more Jews. I won't. I won't do it. And then, it. He, and it's then fine. he turns around and just guns another one down, and they're like, Hitler. And, and he's just like, and he like shrugs, and he's like, well, you know, just like sitcom-y. Um, yeah. This. Oh, I cannot believe we just made those jokes. Um, so... That's Hitler. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, we're, we're, we're going to get in trouble for this one. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so um, meanwhile, while this. Davros. Davros. That's Davros. <laughs> He's Davros. Davros. You know, just like, you know, nice little jingle from the 80s. It's good. It's good. I can't buy <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so, so while this is going on, uh, the Doctor, Sarah, and Harry are basically rooting through um, these boxes uh, very subtly while um, all these speeches are going on. And <laughs> they're looking at objects, and <laughs> Harry turns to the Doctor and goes, The time ring! It's not here! And the Doctor's like, It has to be here. This is our only way out. And then, this is this is um, followed up by something funny in a little bit, so I'll just I'll save that for a little bit. But while while this is going on, Davros finishes giving his giving his speech, and he points to this giant total destruct button, which is not safe. It's it's this destruct button that will basically blow up the whole bunker and the Dalek line and stuff. And like, <laughs> you know, put a little glass case on it. You know, 
maybe get a little key. You know that you have to turn the key at, or two keys was, at the same time. I was time. just imagining a situation where like whoever, like whatever soldier was in charge of like watching that area. Mm-hmm. You know, like he has a he has a girl over and they're like yeah. fooling around and they bump into the button and the and whole place blows up. <laughs> there's like an explosion and you hear him and he's just like, uh oh, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> and she and he she's like, what? What's wrong? He's like. Uh, nothing, baby, but, uh, we better finish quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hurry, 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 hurry. And she's like, this isn't a trick, is it? He's like, no, believe me, it's not a trick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, basically, um, uh, <laughs> Davros gives everyone two minutes to decide. And while this is going on, the Daleks start to come back from their Thal massacre, which has been basically going on for, like, three episodes at this point, which is kind of gruesome. Um, they, they, the Daleks all come back into the, um, into the Khaled bunker, followed closely by, uh, Betten and, uh, Severin and a bunch of, um, and a bunch of soldiers who they managed to recruit, which by the way, also Betten, I know you might not remember her, but she's, she was sitting in a bunker for the past two episodes. <laughs> so in case you didn't know where she was, that's where she was. And that's, you know, she was sitting there. Um, <laughs> So they proceed. They prepare to like bomb the entrance so that they can um, seal in the Daleks. And Severin is like, "Well, the Doctor, Sarah Jane, and Harry are probably in there. We need. I need to go rescue them." And Betton's like, "Come on, they're if they're in there, they're dead." And Severin's like, "No, no, no! I can go get them. Just give me like five minutes." And Betton's like, "All right, I'll give you five minutes. It's more than five minutes." But she's like, "You have until I finish rigging. Like then, I have to just blow the place." Um. So, so the, Severin goes into the bunker, and then Davros basically says, "Okay, um, we need a vote," and and he starts like the the resistance basically starts starts thinking, and a, a few from the resistance join Davros, and Niter leaves, and the Doctor's like, "It's weird that Niter left," and then. Sarah Jane goes, "Hey doctor, I found the time ring. It was right here all along." And the doctor's like, "Thank you." Which um <laughs> Okay, I don't understand. Somebody ran out of pages. That's what yeah. happened. Yeah, we're basically like Harry's just like, "The time ring isn't here." And then like literally just like 2 seconds later, Sarah Jane's like, "Oh, nope, it's right here." And the doctor's like, "Good jo- good job, Sarah." This is why Harry doesn't get to continue as a companion past this season. Like, really? That's why. I blame this. <laughs> That's just me. Um, oh, so poor Harry. The, the doctor, yeah, just so Harry. completely worthless. Poor Harry. Uh, yeah, he's like really doesn't have a lot to do. I love it whenever he's reacting, he like interacting with Sarah Jane. But beyond that, he really doesn't have a lot to do in general. Uh, because other than other than pose constantly. Oh yeah, he's constantly he's, posing. Yeah, he's a poser. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Boom. <laughs> <Badoom, laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. How are y'all doing tonight? You good? I'm good. I'll be here until <laughs> next week. Um, so, uh, basically, the Doctor and Sarah Jane and Harry notice that Niter leaves, and so the Doctor's like, well, I wonder why Niter's leaving at this very important point in time. So they get the drop on Niter, and then the Doctor randomly drops the time ring, but he doesn't notice it. Okay. Um, and then they... And uh, the Doctor goes... They bring... Uh, Niter to Davros's office, which I love the idea of Davros having an office and dealing with paperwork. Um, <laughs> I really love that. Um, oh God, I love that so much. I know. How much would you love that? And, and Davros has a hard time typing because he only has one arm, and a lot of it is dictated. And 
people don't really work. It's a lot of hunting and pecking. Yeah, he has to fill out some expense reports, and you know, (laughs) (laughs) Daleks aren't that cheap to produce. Let's be honest. Um, so uh, they they show up at Davros's office, and the Doctor's looking for um the the recording that he made of all the Dalek weaknesses. And and he's like he's like where's it gonna be? And Niter's like it's probably in the safe. And the doctor's like in the safe you say. And Niter's like yeah, but I don't know the combination. And the doctor's like yeah, you do. And Niter's like okay, you're right. I know the combination. And so he goes over <laughs> and opens the safe with like no problems. And then um, he, they pull out the recording and. Um, Sarah Jane like hands the doctor a Dalek gun and the doctor basically shoots the shoots the tape and roasts it and explodes it and it's now defeated so there there is no record of uh the future weaknesses of the Daleks. Uh but in the midst of this, um Niter runs out and seals them in the room and they're like, Oh crap. Um <laughs> He got away, and the doctor's like, oh, that's okay, we did everything that we could, um, democracy's kicking in, uh, so let's just time ring out of there. No, wait, we dropped it. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) which is, alright, I guess that's something. Um, yeah, it's a total, like, it's a total oops moment where, like, you can kind of feel them padding the page count for this final episode, especially with all the, all the back and forth Davros stuff, and dropping the time ring, and they don't have the time ring, they do have the time ring. Terry Nation madness, basically. Um, <laughs> and so um, they they take the opportunity to say, well, we're sealed in here, uh, so let's just watch democracy take action. And, well, and so they turn on the monitor, and Davros is still giving everyone a chance. No one's turning off Davros and saying, look, you had your opportunity to say a bunch of people are siding with you, um... It's over, and Davros is like, no, 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 no. People could still join my side, and like, it's ah, uh, 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 come on, just. <laughs> I know I'm getting angry, but like, come on, he's he's. You've given him so many chances. How many times do we have to tell you that it's not going to work? Anyways, we're running long. Must finish. Um, so the the um. Davros is like, well, you had your chances, obviously, um, and, and I'm going to bring in a bunch of Daleks and I'm going to exterminate you. And he basically exter- ex- comes in and exterminates everyone, which I thought was really fun, like really, really dark. Like he just, you know, he exterminates everyone. And Garmin gets the best death. Like Garmin's death is like he throws up his he- like one hand goes to his head like, oh, Lordy. And like another one goes <laughs> up and he just starts screaming like, ah, ah. And he like gets this really fantastic death, probably my favorite like crazy out there death of the whole thing. Um, <laughs> and then and, uh, and Harry's reaction uh, while like the the doctor and and Sarah Jane and Harry they're like in that like viewing room mm-hmm. above the room, and Harry's reaction is just kind of like, huh. All those people just died. Like, he, he's just like, it just seems like he's completely unaffected. Like, Sarah Jane and the Doctor are horrified. And Harry's just like, wow. That sucks. Yeah, sucks <laughs> to be them. All right, so are we going? Yeah. <laughs> we got places to go. We got people to see. We got to get the time ring back. Let's go, Doctor. Um, so then Severin shows up. How Severin knew they were in this office, I don't know. Not important. 
let's just, let's keep moving. Um, <laughs> Severin goes to the goes to like the wall and basically opens the door and lets them out. And the doctor's like, okay, well, let's go find the time ring. So they go and they find the time ring. It takes no time at all. Um, and the doctor gives Sarah and Harry the time ring, and he's like, Severin, take them up to the top of the bunker, and I'm gonna go finish what I started because um, I can't make the Daleks weaker, which was like that's the that's the let down for Garmin's thing. Like Garmin was gonna introduce emotions to the Daleks to make them better. Um, but the doctor basically says, look, I can't, we can't do that. Like we, that's not an option anymore. I don't know any weaknesses. So we have to stop the Dalek production. Um, so the doctor's like, I'm going to go blow him up. Like I plan to, because I don't have a choice anymore. Um, which is okay. I guess, I guess the contemplation you were having at the beginning of the episode was, uh, all for nothing. Cause now you got to do it. Okay. Um, so the Harry, the doc, Harry, Sarah, and Severin go back to the top, and the Doctor basically goes back to the to the place, and he re-rigs the bomb, and suddenly the Doctor has a completely different costume. Like, did you notice this? <laughs> like, did you notice this? Yeah. 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 Okay. Just making sure, because like he's wearing like this red coat throughout the whole thing so far, and then all of a sudden he's wearing like his long brown coat and his hat. Which suddenly showed up out of nowhere. I don't know where it came well, from. Well, they but... they disappeared out of nowhere too. Yeah. Um, in episode one, so yeah, um, I'm I'm yeah. assuming he was just he like on his way. <laughs> he <laughs> was just like, up. oh, I better go stop and grab my hat and coat. Yeah. Well, you know, that hat is very important. It's like it's like the Janis Joplin coat from uh, Gridlock. You know, like Janis yeah. Joplin gave me that coat. Um. So uh, he he basically rigs the bomb, but before he can he can set it off, he a Dalek comes around the corridor, and we actually get like a lot of really interesting stuff because basically through episode six, um, once the Daleks enter the bunker after exterminating all the Thals, you have a lot of like Daleks running through the corridors, which is actually really kind of freaky because it's uh, slowly you have more and more Dalek influence in this, although they haven't really been in the story at all uh, for the most part. Um, but a Dalek comes around the corner and basically the doctor drops, um, drops the, the two pieces of wire, but, and tries to get, get at them. But he suddenly realizes that the Daleks work on static electricity. So he runs off and a Dalek comes over this, um, the thing and sets off the charge, which I think is a really, you know, it, it's a really interesting use of Dalek static electricity, you know, <laughs> um, because the Daleks basic this Dalek basically is in charge of um, Dalek destruction. Um, so, meanwhile, on the monitor upstairs, Betten turns. Somehow, there's a monitor that's monitoring this room, and Betten watches as Davros. Uh, Davros, sorry, sorry, just noticed that. Sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, why is that funny? Three people know. Um, so. <laughs> So um she watches as um, It's still funny. It's so funny. Um so <laughs> she watches as Davros talks to his Daleks and is basically like we need to we need to shut down this bunker and basically buckle down and get get moving again. And they no- and he notices that the Dalek production lines start back up. And he's like I didn't order this. And it turns out that the Daleks are just like are just like look we are in charge now, and we need this. We need more Daleks. That's our job. We are pro Dalek, and uh, we're not listening to you anymore. And D- Davros is like, "Don't be silly, Niter. Go, go, turn it off." And the Dal and Niter's about to turn off the machine, and the Daleks basically shoot him. And Niter has probably the best death scene in all of this, in that he doesn't say a thing. Like he just goes down. It's, I don't know. I thought it was shocking. I thought it was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, I was just like, obviously he has a 
high uh, pain threshold or something. Yeah. I yeah, I I I just think it's 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 one of those things where it's like Niter is really cool because he the less Niter says the better he he's Niter is more effective when he doesn't say anything mm-hmm. and like it's just the ultimate in terms of death. Like of all of the deaths that happen by Dalek in this, he probably gets the best one because it's just so character driven, you know. Um mm-hmm. So basically while this is happening, the doctor runs for the entrance. And I don't know if you noticed this, but like there's this really great moment where Sarah they're about to like explode the uh the cavern and Sarah Jane's like, No, wait, he's coming and the doctor comes around the corner and he's running so fast that his hat flies off his head. <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah. So funny. Like like literally if you watch it, like his hat just flies and it's gone. Like there's no way that it he managed to catch it because if you watch it it cuts away just before he manages to get his hands on it. So like I don't know. You could argue that he managed to catch it, but I doubt it. Like he probably just it probably went. But the doctor manages to get through the doors and the doors seal and Benton sets off the explosion and there's an explosion rocks the bunker and um seal in the Daleks. And the doctor and everyone go to the monitor to watch this epilogue as um, Davros basically is horrified that the Daleks are, are have um, completely countermanded his control. So he, he attempts to go to the total destruct button, and just before he gets to the button, the Daleks shoot him, and he's supposedly exterminated amidst screaming, which I think is really interesting. And then the Dalek, bas- this Dalek looks at the screen and basically says, um, we have won, and we are going to conquer the universe, uh, but there's a <laughs> we're blocked by a thousand yards from the entrance of this bunker, so we'll have to cut our way out. But we will escape someday. And the Doctor's like, oh, alright. Well, I guess I set them back a thousand years, which is interesting. I don't know how he, where he gets that number, but, you know, Time Lord math. I guess it can be shady. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, basically, he they all wave goodbye, and there's this really long goodbye sequence, because uh, we have to kill some time. And um, Sarah Jane turns to the doctor and is like, well, what happened? Like, why- we didn't do what we wanted to. And, and the doctor s- gives this really nice little piece of information as they grab the time ring and start spinning and tripping on acid. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they start spinning, and they're about to, like, time ring away. And the doctor's like, well, out of all the things um, that happened... Uh, everything that the Daleks did, we have to believe that something good came out of it, which is kind of a really interesting thing. And that's where it ends. Finally, it's over. Okay. And boy, so. does it end. Yeah, it, you know, um, it's a great ending. So what did you think overall? Overall. Overall, uh, needs more Thal pants. But yes. beyond that, um, it was... Uh, it, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the best... Um, best classic episodes I've ever seen, and mm-hmm. and it held up on uh, a multiple viewing, which I wouldn't have thought would have been possible. So yeah, like it's just as good, if not better, every time you see it. Which oh yeah, is, it's a rare thing because like you know you can watch stuff again and it's not as good, um, but it's every time I watch this, it just gets so much better. And Davros, every Davros story after this just pales in comparison. I can imagine. Yeah, like we'll see. You'll see. Like, there's some. It comes close. Revelation of the Daleks is probably the best one after this. Um, that's not an audio. Uh, Davros, the um, audio play comes close, but nothing lives up to it. Like, this is one of those things where it's like you can see why the popularity of the character lives. And you know, every time in the classic series, the Daleks show up after this. Davros appears um, to various degrees of success. Hmm. All right. 
Well, uh, before we move on, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, and anything else you can get from your local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discounts up to 75% off. Um, and regular discounts at 40% off, plus pre-order your collected editions and save 50% off. Ship as often as you like, with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay $5.95 in flat rate shipping. Thanks to DCBService.com. Uh, next, we- next week, Castrovalva. Castrovalva, totally awesome. One of my favorites all time. Peter Davison, that is the first Peter Davison episode, mm-hmm. as we are running his his uh, his stories in uh, chronological order. Mm-hmm. And we got some master talk, we got some weird Adric bondage, which is always funny. Um, yeah, it's, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. I love I love Davison. Any excuse to talk about Davison? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this week, new episode of Geekin. Uh, mm-hmm. Presumably, uh, Geek and Extra, Movie Night at Geek Show. Um, the Fifth Element kind of messed up. We're planning on re-recording, so that'll be out this week along with uh, my February pick of Defending Your Life. It's an Albert Brooks film. Ooh. Yes. So uh, watch that and listen to us talk about it. And then uh, where on the internets can people find you? Well, you can find me every week, uh, all the time, constantly, talking about audio plays I'm listening to, uh, whatever I'm doing, at uh, twitter.com slash gungadin. I had a really nice run on lotion this week, which was excellent. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just loved it. I had so much fun tweeting about that. It was, oh, it was interesting. Oh, boy. I had lotion. It was lotion. It was fun. Um, you can also find me at classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com. Uh, this week, I'm talking about the very unfortunate Space Museum, which is about one episode of fantasticness and three episodes of awful, um, or to various degrees degrees of awful um and yeah you can find me there i recap old stories it's fun it's cool uh we have some really good stuff lined up especially in the month of march be good sweet um you can find me of course geekshowentertainment.com where i've been posting uh articles and whatnot and uh, Mm -hmm. news articles and things and uh hopefully we're gonna have a lot more um long form articles in the very near future Mm -hmm. Um, i have one that's that i'm currently working on which should be fun it's my my personal take on tom baker i know i've written a lot about it so far hopefully it turns out really good i know you were reading some of it earlier yes and it was very good thank you um you can follow me twitter.com slash scott corelli and uh also email us tdc at geekshow.us that's tdc as in the doctor's companion and uh, itunes reviews make them Five yeah, star. We em. love them. Also, uh, if you if you write email, we'll write you back. But uh, also, I was thinking about this. I'm just throwing it out there really quick. I know we're running long, but just uh, what do you think? Maybe we should do like when we di- get like a shorter story, like a two part story. Assuming we don't spend two hours talking about two parts, because oh my god, we shouldn't do that. But um, you know, <laughs> shorter shows, we can maybe like throw in some listener email. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, definitely, okay. sure. If we if we have time, we uh, don't promise to do it all the time because I know these run long. I'm really sorry. Uh, next week will be really short. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. <laughs> Vengeance on Veros will be really short, and so will Battlefield. I promise. Um, <laughs> and then the, especially when we get to the new stuff, it'll be shorter. But uh, when we get shorter, hopefully we'll be able to do some listener email. I would love to do stuff like that. So submit questions. I would answer them. I'll totally answer sure. them. All right. All right. Um, we will. Uh... Talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. See you guys. Bye. Bye.